the Schwank Soundstead sessions on Huron City Radio with our guest Dave Peters.
Thank you, Dave. Dave Peters there. And uh, welcome to the Schwank Soundstead, the beautiful surroundings. Where Pleasure to be here. Thank you. That first song you played, River Is Mine, I'm struck by the guitar sound and how evocative it is. Um, to me, it immediately gives me a landscape that your songs are set in. Is that something you did on purpose or is that just you like the sound and went with it? Yeah, not purposeful. I I liked it and went with it. And usually, though, if it's something that I want to keep or that I like, then it kind of has that that very has that vision to it i guess that that where it is more like a visual okay i don't know no and, and as someone as you can probably tell from my voice who's not from this area let alone this country it it does put me in michigan your your guitar sound i, I kind of feel like i am driving through michigan so I, i've heard that before from from a numerous amount of people that said it it gives them very Michigan vibes and I've always wondered was it because I mean a lot of it's inspired by that or I I do use a lot of reverb and 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 this there's a wetness to some of the sounds that might give off that Great Lakes feeling to it that that yeah that echo of being surrounded by water right right I've I've thought about that too I'm sure there's many elements to (laughs) it but so you've you use that sound quite a bit in your music yeah it's it's almost it's instrument on its own the reverb and stuff that i play with it 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 helps me write a lot of the songs and melodies i like to i play with it vocally too probably because i don't really like how my voice sounds dry like most people but when i yeah when i have this like echoey chamber sound almost like you're in a church playing with that is is my my favorite thing to do and always it has been the river in this song how how do you see the river well when i wrote it it was actually quite literal at the time i was living only a few blocks away from the saint Clair river right here that's that's close to us now and and it's a it would be a place where i would go to i guess reflect and to kind of the the water's always been a a safe haven too to just kind of breathe in breathe out get the weight off your shoulders no sure sure uh, so between that and like the black river down in beards hills so that this song kind of is very to me visually here basically where we are and and on on this water right here and the various channels through here like it could be really anywhere it's a, it's a it's almost a, a, a song on, you know, reflecting and, and could be even be a, more coping, too, if anything. When you write your lyrics, do you have an idea of how you want the listener to receive them? Or are you do you just kind of, once they're out there, feel they're up for grabs? So when I write, a lot of them are very... I, I take moments and stories of, of my life and some songs though it might not be all one story it could be different moments from different things thrown in together but it felt right almost as it came out like wordplay but it was thoughts going through my head of of memories per se however when when i write them 
I want the listener to interpret it and I want them to connect with it on whichever way that they need to for if that makes sense. No, I know it does. I mean, it surely for for me as someone who grew up by the water, I grew up by the sea that that feeling that when you're there that body of water belongs mm-hmm. to you and it's yeah. like it's there to listen to you yeah. at that moment in time. Though I think some of my lyrics are obvious and could be taken very literal. Yeah. A lot of the times though I it's it's not and a lot of times it's, it kind of goes 50-50 but as far as the interpretation I do strive to to put it out there so it's it's not about me even though it, it is but I want it to be about you I want it to be on something that you can relate on or, th- or look on and say oh I I understand this for me for this reason I guess if that and here's the next song from Dave Hold the quiet close. Thank you, Daniel.
now this song when i first heard it it felt almost too intimate as if i was overhearing something between two people that i that i shouldn't be it's almost like uh, you were letting everyone into something so personal here i mean in retrospect a lot of my especially my older writings and still now are are very vulnerable and very out there and i think I didn't know when I started writing that way, but I think it was all very therapeutic to me. And it was something like that, things I needed to say and things I needed to almost talk about, but I sang about it. And so looking back on a lot of my songs, like this one at the time, I it, I, it brings a lot of growth to mind. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a... It's almost it starts off like a like a road trip like you're going somewhere and you're mm-hmm. you're going up you're going you know and it kind of ends more as you're growing as a person and uh so but yeah through throughout it there there's definitely a lot of more personable vulnerable parts yeah i I think that's why probably the people who listen to you why I listen to you feel connected because it does feel very intimate it feels like you're playing your song just for me and i also realized in this this lyrics in this song we have mountain and babies is this where i mean your name the mountain babies came from or is which came first the lyrics to the song or the or the name of the outfit the the name the name came first and it just came as almost more of an inside joke than anything with Jeremy Wan and myself, uh, he, him and I got together. We were both home from, from like college or, or something back. It was like 2008, and I went over to his mom's place to hang out with him. And, and we were just, we wanted, we had a goal to play music and record music. Uh, that was just what we wanted to do, and we were at the time both in and coming from like a, a heavier music scene and but we really wanted to do something acoustic-y and rootsy and you know ha- have that that warmth mm-hmm. folk singer-songwriter element to it and as we started writing together and stuff we uh after we had recorded a few songs together and it was like one of his old eight tracks we were kind of like well what should we call it we don't want to call it our our own names and uh, we were just kind of spitballing back and forth. And when Mountain Babies rolled off the tongue, we I remember we were both laughing, <laughs> both a little high, and just thought it was probably funnier than it was because yeah. it just seemed like the uh, like the very like niche like folk group name. Sure, it's like sure. we're Mountain Babies. We're gonna have you know our our suspenders on and <laughs> our you know we're gonna ha- have the whole. So it was it was just kind of funny to us and then as we kind of split apart to do our own stuff as well when I came back to writing solo music I I uh was like I just kept under that moniker Mountain okay. Babies from there I found it really curious how it turned up in this song and this idea of you know almost like the earth and the landscape being as old as the mountains mm-hmm. but you spoke about we're, we're only babies as if humans in general obviously babies in terms of absolutely the, to the mountains so uh, it's it's good that your name found its way into the lyrics yeah eventually yeah and that was uh 
I think that was a very like unconscious thing that happened too. Like like a lot of the wordplay happens. And reading these lyrics, I mean, it feels it was like reading a poem. You know, it felt felt like a poem when I saw the lyrics written down for the first time. And is poetry something you've you read a lot, or is it? I love poetry. Okay, I love uh, especially. I was very, and still am, but especially like with this project at the time when it started, when I was in my early 20s okay, uh, and coming out of my teenage years, I was really into beat poetry, like, you know, from uh, Allen Ginsberg, Jack Kerouac, William Burroughs, all those, that whole crowd. And so that got me into, you know, from Arthur Rimbaud and... All yeah, Walt Whitman, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So I've I've always really really loved poetry, and never and always wrote it too. And you know, even a lot of the times, if I get something nice going on guitar, and I'm not feeling super inspired lyrically, I, some of the songs come out of, of old poems and then kind of reformed that I can okay, so pull you, out of the grave. You have written poems as, as mm-hmm. well as sticking them into lyrics yeah. as well there. So like you said, a road trip, which again, there is this sense of travel across the landscape in, in this song. But um, I mean, hold the quiet close is just such a beautiful phrase. It's a very, it's just a very intimate, complete kind of feeling. Yeah, it's something that if you can relate to that, you can relate to being human, I would say. <laughs> and for his next song, Dave is going to play They Don't Hurt. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah. 
grass and dirt Will we start another life? Maybe one that will not hurt Will we float up in the sky? Will we float up in the sky? So how long have you been playing instruments? Got my first classical guitar on my birthday when I was 12. There was always guitars around the house growing up before I got my own, though my my father played guitar, uh, and there was always an organ in the house. That was my grandmother's that she always played. She was a fantastic organ player and piano player in general, but mainly the organ is what I just remember. She always had an organ at her place or a couple. And I know like it was before I was born, she even lived in Australia for a short time and played um, in like fine dining establishments and stuff like that. And she'd be home for Christmas and get on the organ playing all the old Christmas (laughs) tunes and we'd stand around and sing with her. And yeah. So did you, did you play on the organ too? Did you like to have a go on it? I, did even though like I I was never taught I was never taught how but I would always sit down there and just sit on it and and try to figure things out myself and um, which I is pretty much how I've done it with all my instruments too is is just figure them out and so no guitar no guitar lessons I had it was like two weeks of guitar lessons when I was 15 okay. and uh, <laughs> that was it, drove, it drove me crazy <laughs> and I, I learned how to read tablature Okay. and so I just started going from there from t- doing that but I still can't read music you can't, read, can't music. read music well you, cl- you clearly don't need to to play like that so in terms of was there one song that made you think you wanted to play songs and write songs was there one moment where you thought I want to do that. I I can do that. Yeah. I can looking back like when I started playing and I started actually like at first when I started playing just guitar and stuff like it was it never nothing really ever felt like serious. Like it feel it'd be fun, but it never felt super important to me, I guess. It was it was nice though. But then as I started getting more comfortable with it in my teenage years uh i grew up out in the out in the sticks out in yale Mm -hmm. and had a couple friends that were into older friends that were in who the uh music scene here in port huron and went out to a local show actually and saw some it was local live music that made me want to start writing and doing this here okay um 
you know, I, I've got my big inspirations from growing up as a kid with music and playing, but when it comes to actually saying, okay, I want to write and play live and, and do this with okay, so people like this and so was like-minded. So ex- experience of physically being in the same yeah. room as people making music that made you feel? Yeah, just coming into Port Huron sure. with a car full of other teenagers and going to a the grotto or a vfw hall and then that that was a such a powerful moving experience for me as a it, it does feel important if that that live music I, I know personally i was very young when just around some friend's house and some visitors from another part of the country came and started playing music mm-hmm. and it was that physical experience of being close to people playing their instruments so yeah which is why it's important that we have live music in the area mm-hmm. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that something, I know obviously with the pandemic, live performing has obviously gone down to a bare minimum. Yeah. Are you looking forward to getting out there again and sort of being in that environment? Yeah, and yes and no. Because um, I have, I've, because I think because of, of the big gap and everything, I, I mean, when I when I do it, I feel like I'm in my own world and I'm at bliss. And and but but getting there to do it, I'm a very high anxiety person, mm-hmm. and it scares the hell out of me still, even more so than when I was younger, to play live now. Really, and so, um, to the point of I'll get sick. But I know, like, once I am in the element and doing it, it's like bliss. It's like, uh, you know, the the drug of music takes over your body, and you're it's escapist, and it's yeah. it's like you're in the world that you want to be in at that mo- at that sure. time. Then, but but so but getting to actually go out there and do it for me, it, it's it's a challenge because there is such a magic feeling playing live and the energy that goes back from the audience to the band or if I'm just performing by, by myself or any you know there's always it's it's a whole new thing right there it's hard to describe with words unless you're used to doing it and yeah and, and people who go to see music uh, everyone wants to join in that little contract for the time you're on stage yeah. and we're going to join in with you and and your music yeah it's a magical thing but I, I'm aware that it's, it's definitely been harder for me to do through these years. And so I'm, I'll, I'll see how it, how it goes from here on out as we start climbing out of this. Yeah. After this tricky hole. time. Yeah. yeah. And back. I mean, that they don't hurt has got, we're talking about coming out of a tricky time. That, that feels like it's got a very haunting quiet that quality to it. song is essentially, it's a, it's a song about grief. Yeah. Um, and it's a song about my two grandmas, my mother's m- mother and my father's mother, both artists. One was an organ player, one was a painter. And that is an homage to them and their art that has influenced me so much. But I wrote it at the time after they had both passed. And yeah, so looking back on that one, I think it was a huge release of mine in in my grieving process then. Uh, I didn't really know it at the time. No, I think it's it's a beautiful kind of, like say, homage to them, but also as a a piece of art about grief, it definitely went straight to my kind of core and my experiences of grief and 
this song, I mean, I love the lyric, goes back to that idea of poetry. I mean, the first, the first couple of lines, she played the organ while I lied on the couch and listened. I awoke with the imprint of the cushion on my cheek. And that's just like reading a poem. It's, it's really cool, man. <laughs> yeah, and I think looking back on, onto the descriptiveness, it comes back to the descriptiveness of of some of the Kerouac and stuff I was really digging okay. into back then, too. Well, it feels like you. I mean, I've read Kerouac, and this feels like you, man. So yeah, Beautiful. I really appreciate that. Next up, a song which is a dozen years old, Ghosts. It's gonna make sure I'm tuned up here.
So Ghosts, an older song. How many people do you reckon have heard you sing that live? That one was one that I just used to play. That was on used to be on every set list for a, a few years anyways. And that was also one that I would like, the last time I did like a, a Mountain Babies like tour tour was in like 2013 uh-huh. with dear friends Joseph Toth and Jeremy Wan. And, and I feel like that one was like, opened almost every set of mine on like that two-week tour around the midwest here from minneapolis minnesota down to pittsburgh pennsylvania and all over the place like that so i feel like that one that one's been been heard quite a bit in the earlier years but not so much in the later years do you ever think about that do you ever think about you know all these people have my songs it's something i really haven't thought on until you you really just asking me that and like i remember when i you know when i first started like recording and releasing onto my own platform on like bandcamp.com and Mm -hmm. things like that and you'd be able to like kind of see who's listening from where and for a little while i was keeping up with that and then and then just kind of stopped and I mean, I'm sure there's people all around the globe who've heard you. Um, is there any place you would like to take your music that you've not been? I mean, you've yeah, I would, I would really love to do a good West Coast run with my music. That would be just fantastic, and through the Pacific Northwest area. And uh-huh. um, in my early twenties, I've I was lucky enough to to get to like travel around the country and around Canada too, and to see a lot of the great cities here and for some reason iceland sounds like that would be a treat maybe just because from what i've seen it's so beautiful or you know europe of course too that would be a fantastic treat to go around so ghost was written as we said a long time ago how many how many tracks and all have you written i don't know yeah i i i honestly it's not i i couldn't tell you I've written a lot and there's so much that I've written and released and there's so much I've written and haven't released and or written and just forgot about thrown away and so yeah there's definitely a lot as far as like published material we can we can leave it at a lot there's several say yeah there's a few dozen yeah a few dozen out there probably more to come and when you look back at them do they are they almost like a diary? You know, they pinpoint certain points of your life. A lot of stuff is now. And I, I don't think I was as self-aware as I thought I was at the time writing them. Like I, there's like, cause in, in retrospect on a lot of those, it's like, okay, wow. Now that, uh, you know, I've gotten older and, and have grown more say emotionally mature and Mm -hmm. wiser to certain things and experiences uh when i look back and listen or read some of those lyrics um that i wasn't as aware of what i was maybe just writing about because it was like when i write you know it it can either just come out as wordplay or Mm -hmm. emotions or blah 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 a lot of just it might not be all very coherent and then it gets pieced together and i feel like a lot of it was was messages that i needed to hear personally even but that i wasn't 
understanding yet. Okay. <laughs> but you, you can look back and listen and kind of, you can still, you still like that younger bit of you. Because I know some Absolutely. people look back on songs. There's and, a lot of it. No, though. There, it's, it's, it's probably 50-50. There's some of it that um, I couldn't tell you if I would, would ever want to play it or even <laughs> sure. hear it or anything like that. But then but then others, it's, it's like, oh, oh wow. There's something I was trying to get out here, and I just was not aware of that at the time. We haven't really talked about musical influences because I've been more interested in yourself. Yeah. But um, in terms of, I guess, if there was one or two people, if they covered your songs, you would be over the moon more than than anyone else. Now, this is... Could this be from anyone alive today yeah, or living or dead living living or you, dead. you can you can choose mozart or anyone you know yeah <laughs> oh there's a lot of artists that would probably hate me for saying this but it was i i, it, I would be lying to myself if i said he wasn't such a huge in, influence and inspiration on me as, as a kid listening to music and the kind of stuff i grew up with so paul mccartney okay uh i know that that could be anyone's answer right there i feel like he's very either admired or hated amongst creatives and and but for me i mean yeah if like paul mccartney was doing one of my songs i would i would definitely lose it um and then uh oh gosh one of my like heroes has always been neil young as well so i would i'd probably also lose it if neil young did it so as far yeah Another another question. Just, I mean, if if you could go do a gig in a fictional place, where do you think your music would go down really well? What kind of place? You know, fictional from books, movies, anywhere. Where would you like to mm. Mountain Babies to be a soundtrack to? <laughs> That's a great question. Because even though you know a lot a lot of it visually to me is here. There's also a aspect that I always try to kind of put in, whether it's just through an instrument tone or the reverb I play with or something that makes me feel very out of this world and space-like. And so maybe, um, maybe if I could play with uh, Hal in 2001, a Space Odyssey, a concert just for Hal... Uh, that'd be that'd be a little terrifying, but yeah, I, I feel like, like it would be fitting much, there. I'd like that very much, Dave. <laughs> it would be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then ironically, yeah, yeah. No, that's a cool one. Ooh, yeah. So maybe there. Yeah, maybe next time you have the movie on, turn the sound down, and you can and just bring it in and see where it's at. If um, if you could only keep one of your songs, this I mean, this is a tough question. It's like, which pet would you keep? That you've had throughout, but if you had one of your songs, which kind of, you know, m- means the most, or is the one you were, the- there is um, a song of mine that I almost put on the set list for for this actually that I didn't called "Sweet Spirit," and honestly, that might be the one for me personally. That might be the one. So people people can hear that obviously they're not going to hear it today but they can hear it on your band camp yeah and everywhere. It's off the album it's called the cottage the creek and the spirit 
It was released by Flesh and Bone Records, and uh, we did a run of cassettes of that one. And then it's also digitally on on Bandcamp. It's not on any of the big streaming platforms. But Bandcamp. But it is on Bandcamp. So the last song you're going to play for us tonight, it's a a more recent song? Yes. In the Morning. It was uh, written during the pandemic. Uh, Jeremy Wan and I, back to Jeremy again, we were talking about doing some collaborating that we haven't really done since like 2008 or 2009. So he wrote some tunes i wrote some tunes and this was one that i wrote that uh we we just kind of formed into its its own thing and so i'm going to be playing just like the very bare minimum pretty much how it started i i started writing this just with a banjo before any of the keys or acoustic were so because of the pandemic you were sending files back and forth back and forth uh, just through email and keeping the creativity alive at a time where yeah it was it was really nice and they're available on Bandcamp too. Yes, they are. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Schwank Soundstead Sessions on Huron City Radio was recorded at the Schwank Soundstead Studio in Port Huron. Our guest was Dave Peters in conversation with Daniel Williams. The show was produced and engineered by Randy Willis and Brendan Kuras and edited by Daniel Williams. This podcast is your Huron City Radio production for Albion Media. Thank you.